Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. You're always shining, and we can always see the Lord in you. We can always see Jesus in you. It's a joy. It's a real joy. So we're really on a wave right now, and we're going to be receiving of the Lord's table in just a few moments. Let's open our Bibles tonight. Can we do that? Let's just take some time here. And um, Terry, if you'll please help me tonight with time, just so, so I do well for all of us that we can move to the table of the Lord here in just a few moments. <clears throat> if you go to Isaiah chapter 1 and hold your place and then go to Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of this word. Thank you, Father. You want to stay for just a few moments? You, you sure? You all right? You need a coffee? <laughs> I want to speak about our great Redeemer tonight for just a few moments, our great Redeemer and what it really means to be ransomed. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, take some good notes tonight. Will you do that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a lot of scriptures. So take some good notes. Please do that. I'm thankful. You know, my, my mom was a very good note taker. And um, it, was, it was funny. I remember growing up in church, and my, my, my mom and dad had a system down. And I know they're watching me online right now. But they had a system. And so mom was an excellent note taker, and she would just fill pages and pages. And dad had this little pinky thing that he did. He just... Like, and if he gave her the pinky, like if I saw that waving on his, on his knee, I knew that he was telling my mom, oh, you better grab that right now. You, you better make sure. And she's over there scribing, scribing. And dad's right there, right there. There it is, right there. Yeah. So I'm just going to do this to you tonight. And that means just write it down. Amen. <laughs> Matthew 20. Ready? You see it? Matthew 20, um, verse 28. This is what Jesus said. He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served. This is powerful. He did not come to be served, but he said he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you hear that? He said he came to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to give his life. I remember the words of Jesus and the Gospel of John, chapter 10, in verse 18. And he said these words. He said, he said, no man takes my life. Did you hear that? He said, Jesus said, no, no man takes my life. I freely lay my life down. He said, I have the power to lay my life down. And I have the power to take up my life once again. He said, this command have I received from my Father. That's powerful. Perhaps it was in eternity past when the Father empowered his Son with the commandment of saying. See, Jesus didn't, I don't want to hurdle over this real quick. Jesus didn't have to live insecure or wake up and worry about one day. He didn't have to worry or get in a panic or an anxiety attack because he had a word. He had a command from his father. He said, you have the power 
you, son, you have the power to lay your life down and take it up again. No man can take your life from you. That'll empower you right there. Here's, here's another one for you. Here's that pinky. Ready? This is Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. I promise we'll get to Isaiah and Ephesians. I promise. But in Galatians 4 and verses 4 through 7, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons and because you are daughters, God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You are no longer slaves, <laughs> but you are a son. And if you are a son or a daughter, then you are an heir through God. Isn't that beautiful? You are an heir through God. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are no longer slaves. See, to be ransomed or to be redeemed means to be paid in full. It means there was a, a demanded payment for the release of a prisoner. Every one of us were plagued in prisoners of our own sins. Yet Jesus was given in the fullness of time to come and redeem us and ransom us by his own life. By his own passion, his sacrifice, his very blood, the very essence of his flesh was ripped open at the whipping post and at the cross, taking our punishment and our sin and our affliction. God dreamed this with his son to ransom us, to redeem us so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. I love these words. It says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. And though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now, I love the wording of this because this is a good father. And he's speaking to us of the new, new covenant that came to us in Christ. The only way that our sins that were so blatantly like scarlet before the Lord could ever be white as snow or like crimson. We could ever be made as wool before the Lord. Clean, pure, holy, accepted, righteous in God was through the very blood of Jesus. It's the only way. And I love how he says this. He says, come here and let us reason together. It's like a father saying, son, I want to sit down and talk to you about what went wrong. I don't want to take your face and rub it in everything that went wrong. I wanted to tell you that I went before you before it went wrong and I made a solution to make it right. And what has went wrong in the path, I'm the one who has the ability to make it all go right on your behalf. <laughs> Are you with me tonight? Ephesians 1. 
Don't you love the book of Ephesians? Come on, shout amen right there. verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Here it is. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. You see that? God had an eternal dream. He had an eternal story of love that he had written. And in that story, he said, my dream is that my sons and daughters will be holy. My sons and daughters need to know they can stand before me unblemished without any blame, without any blame. We sang it tonight, no shame, wild and crazy, didn't we? That we would not be vexed and tormented by shame. We were not to be slaves all of our life, downcast, walking through the journey with the burden and the yoke of our condemnation and that which made us sons of disobedience before God. He dreamed of our freedom and liberty. He dreamed of it. And he said, I want my sons and daughters to live their life without blame. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure, that means his intention of his will to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Here we go. And in him we have redemption through his blood. Everybody say paid in full. Paid in full. We have redemption. We have been ransomed. We were prisoners, but our captivity was opened. Our bars of captivity were opened because it was paid in full. And how did it happen? What was the transference? It was living blood for the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. See, our God is rich in grace. Say that my Father is rich in grace. Come on, say it again. My Father is rich in grace. My Father is rich in grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. That in the dispensation, here it is again. In the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both that which are in heaven and that which is on the earth in him. And in him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Our mind is being renewed to that, isn't it? God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. And in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Of whom having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of purchased possession to the praise of his glory. What does it mean to be 
redeemed. What does redemption mean? It is the act of atoning for fault and mistake and sin. If you look up redemption, it means deliverance. Redemption is an act of God to bring deliverance. In the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, Colossians 1, 13 and 14, Paul says these words. He says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. One more time. Let that just wash over you. That's what the word does. The word washes you. It washes me. It cleanses me. It renews our minds. It says he has delivered us from the powers of darkness. You do not have to fear the enemy. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. If Jesus has all authority, that means there is someone who has no authority. <laughs> he has delivered us from the powers of darkness. And what did he do? He conveyed us into the kingdom of his son in love. In whom we have, here's the word, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Wow. See, in grace, God does not, he no longer holds our sin against us. But it is by grace through faith we are saved. Yet not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. What does redemption mean? It means deliverance. To be redeemed means you have been literally rescued. It means Jesus made atonement for our guilt. He made atonement for our condemnation. How did he do it? Through his blood. This has the highest cost. I always, I always want to make sure that the centrality of all that we are as a family revolves around the cross and the blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If we get way far out here and way far out here, and if we lose touch with the reality of what it costs to make us sons and daughters, we're off on a detour somewhere. We could get so heavy way out here, even on signs and wonders or healings or, or miracles or five-fold ministry or the apostolic or the prophetic or, 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 or politics and Trump or, or whatever. <laughs> Just hit that one. Hit that one. I see that. Yes, I see that pinky over there. It's so true. The centrality of all that we are. Jesus has preeminence here, and everything has to orbit around him. He's the sun in this constellation. Amen. And he did it by his blood. His blood. This has to be heard once again. It has to be rang. There has to be a clear clarion call from the Carolinas to California, from Alaska to Florida again. It's the blood of Jesus that transforms a life. It's Christ in the inner man that transforms a man. I often say that Christianity is not a behavioral modification. 
Christianity is the Spirit of God within you that transforms a life from the inside out. It is the Holy Spirit's ministry that transforms us. It's not all of it, even all our Christian self-help books that can transform you. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit that delivers us from anything that ever plagued us, whether it was alcohol, whether it was drugs, whether it was jealousy, whether it was anger, whether it was pornography, whether it was whatever it is the Holy Spirit Woo! the Holy Ghost is the one who transforms a life from the inside out and how does it happen it happens through the transaction through the river of blood that flowed from Jesus body in Isaiah 53 a very familiar passage some of you are very new in the Lord. And, 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 and when we review these scriptures, you know, when I say that some of these passages may be very familiar, some of you may say, Brian, that, that one's not. That's okay. Just familiarize yourself and eat that and get it in your spirit. That's why I say take good notes so you can go back again and again and again and just eat it and go, whoa, whoa, there it is. And Isaiah 53 and beginning in verse 4. And I'm going to read out of the NIV here. It says, Surely He took our infirmities, which is our sicknesses. He carried our sorrows. There it is again. He took our infirmities. Remember at the front of this train, Jesus said, No man can take my life. I freely give it. When you take something, it's like I just walked up and I'm taking Cody's water. Bam. I'm taking it. You see that? It's gone. There you go, brother. I know you need it. You know, Jesus came and he says, I'm taking that from you. I'm taking that. I'm taking anxiety. I'm taking panic. I'm taking depression. I'm taking lack. I'm taking poverty. I'm taking it. It says he took our infirmity. Sorry. Well, that was loud. I don't want to hurt anybody in here. He carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that has brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. It's so beautiful. These are strong words to be pierced, to be crushed, to be afflicted, to be wounded, to be punished. To be punished. Sin had to be punished and destroyed. I want to say that again. Sin had to be punished and destroyed. The power of sin had to be destroyed. Go to Romans chapter 6. I'm, I'm almost done. And we're about to receive of the table of the Lord. How are we doing, Terry? Am I good on time? Thank you. Romans 6. And we're just about there, family. You okay, Cody? Good. Let's begin in verse 5. Are you all there? 20 more seconds? Yeah, I heard that. I heard some pages to my left. Romans 6, I'm going to begin in verse 5. For if we have been united in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing, here it is, knowing this, 
that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. Hear those words. I just want to let that wash over you. That the body of sin, what? Might be done away with. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, I want to stop right there for a second. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Paul is not saying that our only hope is death. Where is the victory in that? He's not saying that, hey, when you die, man, you can look forward to dying because once you die, you've been set free from sin. No, what he is saying was through the cross, the body of sin was put to death so that you don't have to be a slave. And he who has died with Christ has been set free from sin. You have been set free from the dominion and the power of sin. Uh, if we die with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Paul goes on, Galatians 2.20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. I've been, you and I, you and I, you've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, yet not I, or not, yet not you, but Christ lives in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. That's Galatians 2.20. Oh, yeah. Actually, I want to read that out of the Passion Translation. I want to say that again. If you haven't got a Passion Translation, please pick one up. Oh, my gosh. I've been soaking deep. Let me read it to you out of the Passion Translation. Here it is. You ready? Listen to this. My old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah. My, my old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah. And no longer lives, for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. It is the anointed one who lives through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loved me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Wow. Wow. We were crucified with him so that sin, the power and the dominion of sin, could be forever destroyed. I like, I like to say this. The centrality of the gospel is not that Jesus died for your sins. The centrality of the gospel is that Jesus died for you. Do you see the difference? Sin had to be removed from us so that we could be the reward that he is worthy of. My God, thank you, Holy Ghost. Wow. I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures. Put them in your notes. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That's Ephesians 4, 
verses 23 and 24. Here it is again. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's what is happening. His, his word is renewing our mind. And he's showing us, he's proving to us what was done in giving his son. God's dream is, I will put you before me in true righteousness and true holiness because you have put on the new man. You are a new man. You are a new woman in Christ. You are not plagued. You and I are not plagued by all the generational malfunctions that went wrong in our family line. And I'm telling you right now, you can get spun out in a ball of yarn that will keep you running after that sucker forever. That ball will run downhills forever. And you can run chasing that and chasing that and being afraid of what grandpappy had and, and Aunt Susie had. And this, this, you know, this normally comes through the bloodline and we can expect that kind of disease in our family and we can expect poverty in this no no the blood of Jesus has cut it off from us he's cut it off we have an inheritance in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 it says if any man or woman's in Christ he is a new creation. Old things, they're passing away, and everything is becoming new. How does everything become new? Because of our redemption in Christ. We have been ransomed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He paid it all, folks. He paid it all. I'm going to ask our ushers to come at this time and begin to prepare the communion elements. If you'd begin to move out and just begin to pass the elements through in every section. Would you do that for us tonight? Thank you so much, Jeff. I've got one. Thank you, Dwight. Thank you so much. You may want to put this in your notes tonight. I'm going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from the Apostle Paul concerning communion. 1 Corinthians 11. One of the things we did several months ago was we introduced having communion as part of our worship experience every week. I'm very thankful for that. That's something that Terry approached me about and said, Pastor, can we just incorporate that in our worship every week so that it's there? And it's been so very powerful. Terry and Sabina, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much. It's been very powerful for everyone, for me, for everyone. But tonight, as we all receive tonight as a corporate body, I want to read over us 1 Corinthians 11, what Paul said, verse 25. Actually, I'm going to go back in verse 23. He said, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup. 
after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. There it is. This do. As often as you drink. There it is. As often. As often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now I go on. Now I'm in verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord, listen, in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man or a woman examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. I think this is important, that every time that we take to the table of the Lord, we remember the Apostle Paul's words. First of all, he said, that which I give to you, I received from the Lord Jesus Christ myself. Jesus gave Paul these instructions to give every generation. When we come to the table of the Lord, we are to examine our heart. Well, Brian, you've told me I'm a new man. Yes, you are. You've told me that I'm redeemed. Yes, you are. You've already told me I'm holy. Yes, you are. You've already told me I'm washed by blood. Yes, you are. However, when you come to the table of the Lord, you come in humility and you come in honor. And you simply ask and examining yourself, Lord, is there anything in my life that is grieving unto you? Have I grieved your spirit? Have I hurt your feelings? Have I hurt someone else who is your family? Let the Lord tenderly speak to you tonight. I want to take just a moment as we just honor the Lord's body and the blood tonight. Examine your heart. Examine your heart. kill you, Lord. You gave your life willingly. Tonight, Lord, we honor you as we hold the cup and we hold the bread, knowing, knowing and remembering you that this is our redemption. You are worthy of our whole life, Lord. And we love you. We love you. And we thank you. We honor you. Lord, I thank you that you are so good. The things in our heart, Lord, anything that's out of alignment, Lord, you just bring it into alignment now. You let your grace wash through, Lord, and set in order what needs to be set in order. In the name of Jesus, you are good, Lord. You are rich in love. <laughs> you abound in grace. 
Can we stand tonight as we're about ready to receive? I hope I've given you all enough time to open these because I really struggled. <laughs> I've heard that twice tonight. They're childproof. Thank you. Let's take the bread in our hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, you knew, you knew in eternity past it would take the very body of Jesus to free us and make us sons and daughters of the living God. Thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you for taking the whipping post. Thank you for letting them open you up, Lamb of God. We receive tonight your body broken for us, Lord, that we might be healed in Jesus' name. Let's receive the bread tonight. stood in the garden of Gethsemane at the base of the Mount of Olives where Jesus prayed on that night and he sweat drops of blood in anguish knowing that the time, the fullness of time had come to give his life. He bled in that garden. He bled as they beat him, as they spit upon him, as they pulled his beard out, as they mocked him for saying that he was the Son of God. He bled. He bled at the whipping post. He bled through the streets of Jerusalem to Golgotha, the place of the skull. He was hung on a cross, nails driven through his body, because he loved us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. This is the blood of the new covenant. Let's receive together. worship team just join me one last time thank you Lord let's sing this declaration tonight with hands lifted all over the auditorium in honor to the Lord isn't this night so beautiful He's so tender. He's so good. Go ahead, Cody. Go ahead, team. Let's sing. Let's sing it out.
thank you for the covenant a living covenant of grace that you have given us that you have redeemed us we thank you Father you are good you are good you are forever good you are forever good Father So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, we bless you and we send you forth in his loving kindness, enveloped in his grace tonight. May his face shine upon you. May the countenance of God just smile upon you this entire week. May you laugh with the Lord this week. May you remember to laugh with the Lord. May you cry with the Lord. You are in union with him, so move with him. You are in union. You are in perfect union with the Lord. In him you live, you move, you have your being. He is in you. You are in him. So be blessed this week. Shine forth his grace. Shine forth his love. Shine forth the power of the Holy Spirit. Shine forth. Let the glory of God be bursting through you. 
May the Lord's glory be in your hands. May his healing power be in your touch. May his grace and power be in your mouth. May his countenance be upon you everywhere that you go. May you disperse his victory and his triumph everywhere you go. May you disseminate the power and emanate the power of his presence. In the name of Jesus, I declare you are the move of God. I declare you, I declare you, I declare you are the move of God. You are the move of God. His spirit is within you. Burst forth in this region this week. Burst forth in joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's come on. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.